welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Have you ever been in an accident? How serious? Well, our next guest was in a major accident. As a matter of fact, he was in a coma. I love snowboarding. I've had some major falls. I've popped my shoulder once. But this was really, really serious. Let's sit back, hear his amazing story and his amazing comeback. Watch the show and please subscribe, guys. Let's sit back and enjoy. Hi, guys. Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing, and sharing the great words of wisdom on the show. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Nick Prefontaine. He's a co-author. He's helped his father out with a couple different books, and he is a personal incredible story himself. I don't want to steal too much thunder, but he's had amazing life comeback. Welcome to the show, Nick Prefontaine. How are you? Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm outstanding. I'm happy. Well, now that I'm talking to you, I'm outstanding. All right. Great, great. Good to hear. So I want to talk about a couple of different books here, Real Estate on Your Terms and the New Rules of Real Estate Investing. But before we get into that, let's get some backstory about Nick before real estate uh, what were you doing and then how it led all down this wonderful road into real estate. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I liked, I like to really my for my four way into get the words out right into real estate was actually when I was younger. However, it was, it was about when I was, um, when I was, a. Uh, around 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. However, before that, and that's, I always like to begin my story by talking about the experience that happened to me when I was younger. And shortly after that, I had gotten an interest in real estate, which I'll delve, I'll delve a little bit deeper for everyone. I, I grew up in a, a family that always was involved in real estate. However, when I was 14, I was with my school and we had on Wednesdays, we went to ski club. I remember going to the mountain, my friends and I, we had brought our things onto the bus so we could get ready, our boots, our snow pants and everything. So as not to miss a precious moment of time once we got to the mountain. So we were all ready. We got to the mountain and unlike the rest of our classmates, we are right to the chairlift because we are already ready. On the way up to the top, Joe, I noticed that it was very icy because it had been raining. People were wiping out everywhere. However, this wasn't my first time on a snowboard. If you know what I mean, I was, I knew what I was doing on a snowboard. So I got up to the top and I buckled in and headed straight for the biggest jump with all my speed. And going up to the jump, I caught the edge of my snowboard, which threw me off balance. And if you can picture it, it's, it was one of those tabletop jumps um, in the train park. So as I was going up it, it wasn't just one, but as I was going up it, I caught the edge of my snowboard that threw me off balance 
So I was forced to go off the jump and in the air, I went horizontal and then landed on my head. I was told that I landed on my head and I wasn't wearing a helmet. The doctors told my parents that I probably wouldn't walk, talk, or eat again on my own ever again. Then less than three months later, I ran out of Franciscan Children's Hospital in Boston. Now, to take you to take your listeners a little bit back, when I first got into the accident, I remember that I was told this after the fact, but I was told that one of the one of the key things that happened when I went off the jump, I wasn't wearing a helmet, but my goggles, they were really thick and really padded. And I made the initial impact and then I continued to hit my head as I was rolling. And with each impact, those goggles, I don't know what your you know spiritual beliefs are or anything like that, but the goggles, I was told, mysteriously moved, embraced every impact. Um, then the second thing that was happened that happened was one of the paramedics of, there were only one or two of them on a staff of six paramedics that could intubate right on the spot. Well, because they couldn't life flight me, it was too windy. They needed to have one of those people to be on staff. They, and luckily for me, that guy was working that night. Um, I was able to be intubated right on right on spot. Then I was sent to the hospital, the ICU at UMass. The doctors told my parents that look, if he even if he makes it out of this, he's not going to be able to walk, talk, or eat again. You're probably going to brace your, you know, you have to brace yourselves for long term care, um, like caring for him for the rest of his life, and. Um, my parents didn't want to, luckily for me, they didn't want to accept that. So they put all sayings around my room, uh, positive affirmations. And whenever, especially early on, when I was still in the coma, the doctors would come into my room and they would, it was with each time they stepped into the room, Joe, it would be more grave, more, more and more grave news. But they would always, the doctors would start to say something and update to them. And then my parents would stop and they'd say, no, 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 not in here, not in front of them. And even though I was in a coma, they knew about me absorbing information. So they made the doctor every time leave the room and then tell them. So fast forward a month after my accident, I was transported to Franciscan Children's Hospital. And that was after I came out of the coma. I was in the coma for three weeks. I really don't remember a month. And once I was stabilized, I was transported to Franciscans. At Franciscans, that was where I had to learn how to walk, how to talk, and how to eat again. Um, going through that experience, I, re I remember those specific points of, have, for instance, having to walk again and taking it one step at a time. And we, uh, I work with all the buyers that we have and all of our associates that we have once they have property and have buyers. And I always just tell people, and this is before I realized the significance of this, 
all right, just focus on the next step. Just focus on all you have to worry about right now is your next step. Worry about that. And then once I started really telling my story again and again like this, I realized the significance of that, of, of me of me really saying that. So um, at Franciscans, I had to learn how to walk, talk, and eat again. I remember taking those first steps and being held up and I was exhausted, even, even just standing up at first. So, um, it was long days for me at Franciscan. I would, I would have to get up in the morning. Um, of course, or not, of course, I don't know if you realize this, but I was so weak at the beginning. I would need people to, to help and support me just to sit up in bed for minutes at a time. Now that progressed to, I was able to, you know, slowly stand up and then walk and everything, but I would need someone, a therapist with me every morning to help me get ready and teach myself, teach me how to learn how to take care of myself again, how to shower, because you don't think of it, but you have to learn all of those things all over again. After um, now going three months in the future, less than three months, I ran out of the hospital and then uh, two short years after that, I, I really got my start in real estate. And that was, I was, it was in between my, uh, I want to say my freshman and um, it was before my freshman year in high school, I started reading uh, Rich Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's um, cash flow quadrant, not, not the regular Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but the cash flow quadrant. That's what really sparked my interest. So I said to my dad at the time, and at the time they were doing all investments, and I said to him, how can I get involved? How can I help out? I want to I start doing some of this stuff. And at that time, they were playing with the idea of uh, door knocking, notice of default doors, or pre-foreclosure doors is, is a big buzzword now. So I would take a list, and to me, it made sense. I would go to the cities where the highest constant in the areas of cities where the highest concentration of these NODs were. And to me, that made sense as a 16 year old, that, that made sense. I would, okay, I want to get the most accomplished in a day as I can knock on the most amount of doors I can. Looking back though, Joe, I don't know if those were the best areas to buy houses in. Um, but we did. Uh, we were able to buy a few properties and that wasn't my job to meet with them about buying their property. It was just to get them interested in the idea and kind of introduce them to the idea and set up a meeting with our, with an investor to come down and meet with them later that week uh, to talk about us potentially buying the property. Then I did that for, I did that for the rest of, uh, rest of my career in high school. Um, you know, I had to do it on Saturdays and Sundays because I did have to go to school, unfortunately. <laughs> That's great, Nick. So um, going back to that accident, um, are you still impacted today, like, you know, on a daily basis, physically or mentally or combination of both? Or how has that impacted you now? That's a great question. I made a, and this, this is a very interesting timing too, that we're doing this because I made, I made a full recovery, uh, was able to, after I got home from the hospital, I had to have six months of outpatient therapy. 
Uh, same thing, physical, occup physical, occupational, and speech therapy. So I had to have those three things for six months. Uh, some a little longer than the others, but I did make a full recovery. Even after I got out of doing the outpatient rehab, I continued to go to uh, physical therapy on my own because I, I always wanted to, and that's who I am today. I always want to keep getting better. I keep striving to get better. So I did that um, for the rest, really the rest, the rest of my high school career. I was always working, working with someone to get stronger and stronger. Then if you, I so I graduated high school. Um, then after high school, I started studying right away to get my real estate license. And um, I did. I, I succeeded. I got my real estate license and it was uh, calm down, everyone. But it was uh, March um, 2008, a really good time to get your real estate license. If anyone has a little background into what happened during 2008. Right. Um, so that's all I knew really as a realtor to uh, help buyers and sellers as a real, I was only 19 when I got my license. So all these agents that were out there saying, Oh my God, it used to be the market used to be so much better. And I don't know what to do. I, to me, it really like that didn't make any sense to me because I was like, what do you mean? This is the market. This is how it's, this is how it's always been. So I made, I was able to support myself and I was, I was really proud of that. Uh, the fact that I was able to do that and I moved out, got my own place and everything like that. And then it's funny because in 2014, I was still doing well as a realtor. And it's funny, my dad came to me and goes, Hey, I'm starting to uh, get these properties, I'm starting to buy these properties, uh, rent own or on terms. And I need help marketing the properties to find in order to find buyers. And it's funny. I, I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm busy. I got my own thing going on. I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm all set. I don't need, you know, I don't, don't need to be involved. I, I want to keep doing my own thing. And it's so funny to re recount that today because doing that, helping him with the marketing of the properties turned into helping all his buyers. And then in 2000, January of 2016, I, I let my license go. I resigned my license, my real estate license, and was able to join him full time and uh, work with all the buyers. And then that morphed into creating a process, a specific process that you have to take every buyer through in order to ensure that they're able to get to the finish line. Um, that they're able to be successful and get their own loan. And doing that whole process is really what led me to today. But back, back to your question about, do you have any like residuals or anything like that? So back in, I want to say it was 2012, 2013. I was, as I said, I was a realtor and I was starting to have, I was starting to have this, um, this problem, my voice, I was like, what the, what the heck is that? I, I don't know what that is because uh, around that time I would always, uh, what is it called? Like I would, I would yell my scripts. I would like get myself excited. I read my scripts out loud, except I wasn't doing it just 
to like chant the scripts and to get my get my energy up. I was doing it to the point where I was like damaging my voice. So I caused so much damage by uh, 2013. It I needed I needed to uh, go see a voice specialist in Boston, and I started getting treatments, uh, Botox injections. And I had to get them a few times a year, two, three, even four times a year, every few months to kind of release the tension. Well, it's actually right now is actually one year ago. It's over a year now. It was a year ago this past Saturday that I had my last treatment. So I, I just, I feel really proud of that uh, because I feel like, yeah, that was, that was something that was from my, from my accident uh, because my body wasn't able to recover as quickly as if I I didn't have that. So that, I don't know, I'm really excited about that, that uh, now it's been over a year since I've had my last treatment and I feel really good about it. That's great. And so what, what does your business model consist of now? Um, you guys doing fix and flips? Uh, you mentioned something about carrying buyers through the process. What's mm-hmm. the model you're running now versus being a realtor? Yeah, good question. The uh, when I was when I was a realtor, so there was only and I told my dad this around the time when I started helping him with the buyers. This is back when I was a realtor in 2015. That there's only as a realtor, and I'm not bashing any realtors out there. Like I said, I was one for eight years, really active for six of those. But as a realtor, there's only one way to help either a buyer or a seller. Basically, you, you, you either, if it's a seller, you list, a, you list the home out there to try to find a, either a conventional buyer who can get a loan today or someone to pay cash. So there's only one way to help someone. Well, I, you know, I'm probably preaching the choir here, Joe. I'm sure you know this, but there's only a very small percentage of buyers out there who can get a loan today. So we're able to go out to the bigger market. We, we always say it's roughly 20% of the market can walk into a bank and get a loan today. So out of that bigger portion, they're not all good. I'm not saying that, but there's a large portion within that, that they make great incomes. Um, they, they make great incomes. They have great money for the down payment. They just, for one reason or the other, they can't get a loan today. So I find that doing this um, in this capacity as an investor, rather than just a realtor, you, there's only one way to help people. There's so many ways to help people um, with when it comes to buyers and getting a loan and everything, because it's, um, I don't know. It's really important to me to, to bring a buyer through the entire process and see them get their own loan. We've had just this year, um, we had our third house close last Monday. So a week ago this year, that buyers, these are from buyers that we originally put in the house two or three years ago. And they were finally able to get to the finish line and get their own loan. It really, I don't know, really, it really gives me a lot of satisfaction that we were able to see that through because a lot of the time, Joe, I'm sure you can understand this. 
lot of a lot of the investors out there, even even people teaching it from stage, says take it down, take a down payment from a buyer, uh, take them in a home, rent to own, and then who cares if they ever get their own loan? Well, it's just it's really gratifying to me and us, the whole team here, that we're able to put buyers through a specific process and get them to the finish line. That's awesome, Nick. So you are doing the lease to own or lease option, but then you actually hold their hand all the way through to they actually get a regular traditional loan, it sounds like, and become a true homeowner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And there's, there's, a number, there's a number of different ways that we'll buy, uh, that we'll buy a property. Um, it's not just a rent to own. It's you know, it's it's a rent to own, but it's also we could buy it uh, owner financing. Uh, we could buy it subject to their existing loan if if they have a loan outstanding. There's a number of different ways we can buy, but we we're always going to sell through a rent to own agreement, um, and that's that's what I'm referring to. That that end of it, the um, not sure what you call it. I think it might be dispositions or something like that. That where it's getting the buyer in the house with the down payment and then getting them to the finish line. That's uh, that's what I specialize in. And it feels good to see people succeed. That's great. How many homes are you guys typically doing a month uh, as far as acquisition? Uh, we're doing, well, I can only speak from the from the uh, selling the properties, we're we're actually doing um, now. We're at a clip where we filled up the funnel, uh, so to speak. So we're closing anywhere from one to two of these a month. With uh, either we have to sell it, we're in a position where we have to sell it on the open market, or we have buyers that are getting their own loans. So we're doing anywhere from one to two of those a month, um, and that's that's really good because the we call it the third payday when the buyer gets their own loan, but oftentimes that's the biggest payday um, for all of our deals. So it's really it's really good a to see a buyer succeed and get to the finish line of officially becoming a homeowner and putting their name on title. But for us, it's it's kind of self serving because for us, it's like the biggest. Oftentimes, the biggest payday is is at the end when the buyer is able to get their own financing. Right, right. So it sounds like a win, 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 win for the seller because they were trying to get rid of the property, probably having a hard time. Yeah, you guys exactly. step in there and you acquire it, and the buyer having some difficulty not qualifying for whatever reason. Now they could finally come to the finish line, so they're also a winner. And you're like the person in between. So it's a win-win-win. That's a great business model. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So um, what, what marketplaces are you in? Are you just staying at local? Are you going nationwide? What's kind of your um, acquisition mark, uh, markets? Yeah, sure. It's... Um... The locally here, what I'm what I'm talking about is the local, our local market is just uh, Rhode Island, Eastern Connecticut, basically Hart, Hartford, and then East and Massachusetts. So that's our buying and selling entity. And one of the things that we preach is that we are people that are, yeah, we're we're teaching this, but we are in the trenches still doing deals. So as we get different um different roadblocks or things that we have to deal that we're sharing it with our community so that's 
that's us. And then we also have associates that we partner with basically all over the, all over the country to do the same thing and to um, kind of instill the same systems and processes that we do ourselves. So uh, yeah, we're, we're all over the country as well. That's great. And are you guys just doing single family, multifamily mix? What are you guys, uh, what asset class are you focusing on the most? Sure. It's mostly, it's mostly single family. Um, however, it can be single family with an in-law. We've had great success with those. It can also be two families. Um, but then it can also be, it's kind of a different strategy, but it can also be uh, four to six unit buildings. Uh, so we can also buy those and then um, sell them as well. We, we can do a lot with those. That's awesome. Now, do you guys have any favorite systems, software, apps, any type of different resources that you'd be open to share with the audience? Yeah. How so? What do you mean? Like some people use, um, you know, PropStream, Reonomy, uh, Zilculator. Those are actually some of the things I recommend to my audience that uh, a lot of my clients are using. Anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, property Radar. You know, there's so many different things out there. Um, yeah. Managing the property. Some people use Outfolio, uh, Rent Manager, anything like that. Yeah, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. So we use... Uh, we use Appfolio. Uh, that's that's for ours. But as as you're aware, I'm sure you have to have at least 50 doors to be to get Appfolio. Um, so we have that. Uh, that's one of the systems that we use. Um, when it comes to like a CRM, I think is what you're referring to. We're working on. Uh, we have FreedomSoft. I don't know if you've heard of that, mm -hmm. but. What's really cool about FreedomSoft, we have a version that we're able to take all of our systems and tools and processes within, and I don't know what you call it. I think it might be, um, I don't know, it's some label uh, that we're able to, sh someone's able to buy that, and they're able to get all the systems and tools and processes that we use in our business. That's great. That's great. Well, that's awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Any any other last tips that you might want to share with the audience? Any words of advice? Um, you know, fast forward to some of the audience that are uh, newbies or not even in the real estate game. Anything you wanted to share with them? Sure. Keep um, what I what I always like to what I always like to think, Joe, is keep. Uh, moving forward, whatever it is you're doing, keep moving forward. Because if you're not, um, if you're stopping, be like, no, I'm good here. I'm, I'm just going to stay here and kind of catch my breath. Then, I mean, in essence, you're going backwards. So you have to keep moving forward, no matter how slow, just as long as it's, you're keeping that forward momentum. And the way I always like to think of it is learn something new every day. Um, and I'm not saying learn, like you have to reinvent the wheel every day, but just learn, just, just improve yourself some somewhat every day. That's okay. really what I've found, uh, has really worked for me and what I recommend everyone does. That's awesome. Nick, that was great. I mean, I, I really appreciated you sharing your story and sharing how you come back. I mean, cause I've been a 
a massive fan of snowboarding myself. I, I've been on those box jumps. I actually popped my shoulder once on a rail. So I know, Ooh. I mean, snowboarding could be crazy, yeah. you know, and, and from your fall where you caught an edge, man, that's nuts. I mean, from, from, I think it was a, like a 15 foot um, jump or something, yeah. something like that. I, I read yeah. about, I mean, I could just imagine. So, you know, thank God that you've come back and, uh, you're really sharing and making a contribution to the real estate arena and sharing your story throughout the, the world and the planet, because, you know, it's, it's inspiring to see somebody that went through that kind of suffering that actually came back and got your life together and like, Hey, business is usual. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It's uh, just continue. Like, I, like I said, I continue to move forward into me at this point in time, um, I still, I still go for, go and get uh, natural treatments and everything. And I, I take care of myself, of course. Um, but for me, it's just continuing to get better and it's small tweaks. So a little bit better every day. I just, I just try to do that. That's great. That's great. Well, Nick, thank you again for being on the show and we wish you well. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's a lot of fun as always. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on make it a comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, flex with a flex, or make it a comeback. If you wanna get more tips, go ahead and go to joemendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Wanna add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.